adoption, and motherhood. When I think of these two words, I think of unconditional love, compassion, selflessness, kindness, and lots of sacrifices. I also think of complexity, heartbreak, loneliness, lack of connection, and lots of worries. You are listening to the Adopt-A-Mom podcast, a show about adoption and motherhood. My mission here is to provide a safe place for people to share their stories, no matter how difficult they might be, and in so doing, to feel supported in that adoption journey. My hope is that this process will help create and nurture connections between adoptees and their mothers, among listeners, and all across the board. I am your host, Rita Perry-Jones. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of my podcast, the Adopt-A-Mom podcast. Thank you so much. Today, I want to talk about something that happened to me not too long ago, something very unusual, something that I don't think I've ever done before. This is probably my first time for this happening to me. Um, I'm going to talk about that today on this um, episode. I'm going to talk about how, like, how I even got to that point, to that to be put in that situation of having this happen to me. And I'm going to talk about, um, you know, how this can be applied maybe to like adopted parents and also adoptees. And I'm just going to give some story about um, like me and my dad or my husband, just about some background story. So I am going to just share some things to this, specifically something that happened to me not too long ago. And I say this is unusual because um, it, it is unusual. It's never happened to me before. And other people, I realize that people in America, this is common for them. Like most people, it's common for them to do that a lot. And for me, it wasn't. And that thing was um, actually not too long ago, I cried in front of a group of women who I never met before. This was my first time meeting them. And I actually opened up and cried out loud in front of them. This was so weird. So let me um, give a little background story about how I got to that point to be able to um, cry in front of this lady. So um, there is some, there was somebody in my life. There's a lady in my life that I love a lot. She's a mom. She's amazing. She's one of the people that I talk to when I have something to talk about. Um, one day I went over to her house, just me and my kids went over to her house because I secretly had something to talk to her about, but I didn't want it to make it a big deal, but I still wanted to hear her, op- her opinion about it. And so what I did was I just kind of went over to her house with my kids. And um, what I really wanted to talk about was homeschooling because at the time I was homeschooling my kids and um, I really, really wanted to to hear her thoughts about the fact that I was thinking about putting them into school because I felt like I was having a hard time with it. They were having a hard time. I was having a hard time. We were not connecting anymore. There's just so much going on in the background. And so I kind of want to talk to another mom to hear their um, opinion on that. So I wanted to talk to her. We talked for a little bit. Unfortunately, she had to leave. So we scheduled to have this conversation later. So we would talk about it more. 
So she had to leave. So she left. Um, and then like a couple of days after, well, we talked about it a little bit. It wasn't for as long as I wanted because she had to leave, but we did talk about it a little bit and we rescheduled the, um, the talk. But a couple of days after I talked to her, it was like early in the morning. I, I woke up from there and I got a text message from her. She invited me to a Bible study. It was like, she texted me about seven in the morning and the Bible study was about, I think, 1030 either 9.30 or 9.30, what's that 9.30? So I, I decided to go because I wanted to take my children. We've never been to a Bible study, at, like during the day, it's always been a nighttime. So I wanted to take them somewhere. So we all, um, I agreed to go and I put my children in a card and we all went to the Bible study. I, I'm so glad that I actually chose to go to the Bible study. And I'm glad for so many reasons, you know, my kids, um, got to play with other kids and learn about Jesus. I was away from them in the adult class and um, learning about Jesus, being away from, not being away from my kids, but it was a break from them, if I'm being honest. It was a break from them while they were learning about Jesus. I was learning about Jesus and we just had a good time. I am also glad that I chose to go to the Bible, this Bible study because now it is a big part of my life. I'm really thankful for that invitation and that I chose to go to that Bible study. So that first day I went to the Bible study, I, I didn't know anybody there. No one. I didn't even know people's names. Well, they had name tags on, so I could tell from their name tags, like their names, but I didn't know anybody there. So the everyone in the Bible study was talking that the leader of the Bible study towards the end, she asked a question um, and it was, what um, what is your biggest fear in life? She went around the room and asked people individually and everyone gave their biggest fear, you know, what they were afraid of and like their biggest fear. So when it got to me, I, first of all, I was like quiet and I didn't know, I didn't know what, I didn't know if I was ready to start speaking on my biggest fear because this is something that actually I haven't talked about before at all. But I just felt led by the Holy Spirit. I just felt like God was pushing me and telling me that um, this is a time to let go. This is a safe place to open up and to talk about this because it was such a big deal for me. And I actually didn't know how much emotions I had attached to this fear until I actually started talking about it. And my biggest fear that I share with them, that kind of stay is my biggest fear. I have other fears, but this one is pretty big. And, and that fear is actually leaving my children and not necessarily what well, the worst part of it is, is like dying and leaving my children behind and not being able to raise them. That's the biggest fear. But also from that to the fact of leaving my children somewhere, maybe at a daycare or other gathering or somewhere where my children are crying to come with me and I have to leave them. Um, that's like my biggest fear, just leaving them, them being sad and me leaving them intentionally or having to go somewhere. Just, just the fact that I'm leaving them. And I realized that a lot of this comes from my upbringing, my childhood in Liberia. As you guys know, I am from Liberia, West Africa. I was adopted in 2003. I lived, um, there, when I was in Liberia, I lived an orphanage from 1997 up to 2003. So I spent a lot of a lot of um, years there, 
at the orphanage. Next week, my next episode, I will talk more about my life before I was at the orphanage. But I just want to share a little bit today about where this fear came from. Um, I don't know my mother. I've never met my biological mother. I don't know her. I've never seen a picture of her or anything. So the only thing I know of her is the, I know about her is the story that I was told by my father. I was told that he left, she left me when I was maybe one or two years old, I think, and she didn't come back. And I didn't know the exact, I don't know the whole detail. I will share more about that next week, uh, more of the details that I know, but she just left for whatever reason and didn't come back. So I feel like I, from the beginning of time, since I was born, I was left by um, this one person who was supposed to care for me. And so my father being a male in Africa, a man in Africa who African men don't raise children, the women do. And so I was left. So my mother left me and then my father left me with other people to take care of me. Maybe like um, it would be like a girlfriend or like a stepmom or some random person. And he won't come back for days. And I will remember just being sad and looking on the road or looking through the door to make sure he was coming to wait to see if he was coming just so I can see somebody familiar, just so I can see a familiar face. And he would be gone for days and I wouldn't even see him. So um, that happened. And then, so my mother left me, my father would leave me other people. And then in 1997, my father um, took me to the orphanage. So it was my third time actually being left by a loved one or um, an adult, my adult, and they never came back to get me or to even check on me to see what I was doing. And as I grew up, that became my biggest fear that a lot of my sadness comes from being left by my, my parents. And so I fear that of leaving my children um, to, to go anywhere. So that is where my fear came from. And when I share that in the Bible study, I just remember like just crying. And it's like, what am I doing? You know, I don't know these people. I don't know any of these ladies here, but I just felt very vulnerable at the time. And I felt like it was a good time to share. And so I, I just shared it. And I'm actually working through that fear right now because I know this is America, you know, uh, I'm not in Africa anymore. Wherever I leave my kids, of course, I'm going to come back. And if I don't come back, the father will come back or grandma and grandpa, aunties, uncles. They have so many people that have family and um, take care of them or get them. But I still am, I still am attached to that feelings or I still have a lot of not very good memories from being left by my family, especially my mother. So that's where that came from. Um, so besides that group, of women crying in front of them. I don't remember like physically crying like out loud in front of anybody else. Maybe sometimes my husband, but the one person that I remember crying in front of a lot when I first got here was my dad. Um, I remember actually, um, right now I'm remembering about um, three different times. There were a lot of other times that I cried in front of him, but I am remembering three different times right now that I cry in front of him. And the first one I'm remembering is, um, let's see, it was um, when I first got here. I don't know how long it was, but I, when I first got here, I had so much going on inside, so much 
that I couldn't explain what was going on inside. There was so much anger. There was so much jealousy and hatred. And it wasn't towards my family here. It was just um, me not being with my family and not understanding what was happening. You know, not understanding where I was and not understanding how to create connection, not understanding anything. So I just felt out of place for the for the longest time that I was here. I remember one day we came from church. We were in the family van. Everyone was in my in the family van. We came from church. We um, went into our family home. As soon as we got into the house, everyone was in the kitchen. For some reason, I don't know, I felt very heavy hearted and just like the, like I just felt very heavy. And so I like hugged my dad and I started crying out loud on his chest and it was so crazy. I noticed that when I started crying out loud, every member of my family left and went upstairs or went to their rooms and they were probably surprised because they've never seen me cry before. I don't know. And everybody left. So I stayed downstairs with my dad. I gave him a hug. I was hugging him while I was crying. And I knew that he was crying with me because I could feel his stomach and his chest moving. And that was the first time that I actually kind of let down my guard a little bit to actually let out emotions because I am so good at hiding emotions and hiding feelings because that was my survival skill from from a young age. That's how you get by. You don't get by by crying in front of people and being soft. You have to grow up and you have to be strong. And so I remember that first time just kind of letting it out. Um, I just felt like I couldn't carry any of the burden anymore in front of uh, So I just kind of let it out with my dad. And then the second time that I remember crying with my dad, um, I think it was around my wedding time. I felt like, you know, when you're planning a wedding and you have all the pressure and when your wedding date is coming closer and you don't have this, you don't have that and things are not going right and you just lose it and start crying. I had one of the experiences with him. Um, it was on a Sunday also and we were looking for a church for me to get married in and we couldn't find a church and uh date for the wedding was getting closer and I was like I can't find a church to get married and I remember we went to a church close by our house and the church had like two aisles I guess and um I remember someone asking me so which aisle are you going to come down and I'm like I don't know either one of these aisles I can come down aisle and I guess the person was implying that you know when you get married you only have you can only you only should come down one aisle, not two aisles. So I guess that got me just that just got me freaked out and nervous because the wedding date was coming, getting closer. And it was that year that a lot of people got married. And I was thinking of how great other people's wedding were and how mine's not gonna be good enough because I didn't have this, I didn't have that. Um, it was just crazy. So I went up into my room. I um I was in my closet and I turned the light off and I was in my closet just um, being very sad and just thinking about everything. And then my dad came upstairs and he was like, Rita, where are you? And then he went into my closet and he was like, what are you doing in here? And guys, I just lost it. Like I started crying. I was like, my wedding is not going to be beautiful. I don't have this and I don't have that. And and nothing is said. And oh my goodness. And once again, like I just give him a hug and I started crying on his chest, just hug him. And I once again, I felt his chest moving because he was crying with me so that was like the second time and he and usually when I cry to my dad he really doesn't have a lot to say 
But I so appreciate the fact that he doesn't have too much to say, that he just gave me the chance to just cry and beat me. And then when I'm done, I'm done. I'm like, hey, I cried. I'm good. And let's go to the next thing. I'm glad that he just gives me that space and not try to overtalk me or overpower me or talk too much. So I really appreciated that. And the last time I, the last time that I remember crying to him was when I had my baby, my first baby, I had a, a cesarean. It wasn't planned, but it wasn't an emergency either. I'm just thankful that cesarean was an option at the time. I'm so thankful for that. I'm glad that I'm in America that I have an option of cesarean because I don't know what else would have happened if I was like in Liberia or another country where cesarean was not an option. I don't know what I would have done. So thank God for the option of cesarean. So I had a cesarean for my first baby. Uh, and I remember like she was born on Friday and then on Monday morning or Tuesday, my feet were swollen and I didn't know why. And now I realized now that I know and I've studied about birthing and all the drugs that they give you, it was from like the fentanyl, I think it's called, and the drugs that they gave me that my feet was swelling. And so I remember talking to a lady from the insurance company. She just called to check up on me. I said to her, my, uh, my feet are swollen and it hurts and I can't walk. And she scared me. And she she said, um, you might be having blood clots. Like you might have blood clots. So go check with your doctor. Oh my goodness. When I heard the word blood clots, I freaked out. As soon as I got off the phone with her, I called my dad. And he was like, what's the matter, sweetheart? I was like, oh my goodness, I'm afraid I'm going to die. And he's like, what? What's happening? I'm going to die because the lady from the insurance company just told me that I might have blood clots and I'm going to die and leave my baby. I just had a baby. Who's going to take care of her? Like I was just growing up and just crying. Once again, right, to my fear of leaving my children or dying and leaving my children. And he was just like, he was at work. So he's like, it's not like he could just leave work and come and take me or, or take care of me. And I just remember him saying, okay, sweetheart, just hold on. I'm going to call somebody um, that can help you, help take you to the doctor so they can check and see if you have any blood clots or anything. And I was like, okay. I cried. And, and later on, I remember my dad, I remember my dad telling me later on that, Rita, you cry so hard on the phone. I don't think you've cried that hard. Because I, it was it was a really hard cry, and I was I was like, yeah, I, I was afraid I was gonna die, and so actually my dad called my husband's dad, who actually we were actually there was a appointment I was already scheduled to go and take my daughter to well, I think a, a couple of days appointment, whatever that was, and so my father in law and I went to the doctors and. She checked my legs and she's like, no, I don't, I don't see anything. Like you don't have any blood clots. So I was really thankful for that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that there are lots of other times that I've cried in front of my dad, but those are the three major ones that I can remember. So like besides him um, and then in front of this group of ladies, I've never like shown emotions like that before because I, like I said, I'm so good at hiding my emotions. I'm so good at crying alone. So it's hard for me to show that when people are around. And I also want to say that why I'm on this topic of actually crying, this was a big cultural shock for me. People don't cry, happy cry where I came from. In Liberia, every cry is a cry of sadness, of hunger, or death. 
There is no happy crowd. When you hear somebody down in the next home yelling and crying, something terrible has happened. And so it was so odd for me and so strange when I come here, when I came here for people to, to see that, for me to see people that ha- people are having a happy cry. Like I'm crying because I'm so happy. That was so foreign to me. I was like, what is wrong with these people? There's no such thing as crying because you're happy. But I've been here for a while right now and I am getting over that. I'm experiencing that. I'm still learning that. I'm, I'm trying to understand. I'm understanding it more now than I, I did before. And so because I'm understanding it now and the healing that it comes with, you know, of, of letting out emotions and crying, um, to finish off this topic um, of crying in front of people, I just want to say that I have learned that, you know, that it is okay. I feel so much better when I cry to someone now versus crying just by myself. It's okay to cry in front of people who you feel safe with, you know, um, because crying is not a sign of weakness. Um, I've discovered, I've learned, it's not a sign of weakness. Crying, just like talking, is a form of therapy. You know, you have to be able to tap into your emotions and just let it out, attach that emotion to a situation or to whatever is happening and deal with the situation and deal with the emotions at the same time and just let it out. You know, I'm noticing that is is very healing and is very, very good. It's not a sign of weakness to cry and to let out um, your emotions. So I guess how, how would all of this story, everything I've said today on this podcast, how would all of this connect well help adaptive family create connections with their children? I would say it is a good idea for adaptive parents to try all they can to make their children safe around them to be able to cry, to be able to let out emotions. And sometimes it'll be hard because I guess it depends too on the age of the child and because if you adapt a five-year-old, five-year-old probably cry or anything, a two-year-old probably cry on for whatever reason. But if it was a 12-year-old or a 16-year-old, you know, they might be more reserved. So if you can do everything you can to make them feel safe around you, to make you a safe place for them to come to and to cry, um, because it is in crying that a lot of hurt is released. A lot of anger is released within crying and a safe place is created within crying. I would say that my dad here has helped me with that a lot in creating a safe place for me to just cry. Like I said earlier, I like that he doesn't overpower me when I cry to him. He just hears my cry and he will say one or two things and he's done. He just gives him this space to cry. And my dad did that a lot. He did that so many times that I felt so safe with him to just talk to him or tell him whatever's going on and feel okay with just crying crying to him. So I would say that's just like a, maybe a tip or an advice for for parents with adopted children. Just do all you can um, to create a safe place, to make yourself safe um, for them to be able to just let down. And also I think in making you a safe place for them to come, you have to be able to show your emotions. You can't expect them to be emotional to you when you are not emotional to them or emotional in front of them. Because I remember my dad being emotional a lot and saying a lot of things like, you know, I don't know why all of this happened to you in Africa, but um, you're here now. 
and you're in a safe place and you're my daughter. So he said a lot of things to me that helped me break down my walls and help me open up to be able to talk to him, to be able to cry in front of him. And I also like to say to the, to the adoptees, just your adopted parents are humans. They are trying, just like your biological parents will be trying to connect with you. They are doing the same thing. And so just let down, try to let down your guards, let down your walls and give them the opportunity to create some relationship and connection with you. So thank you guys for listening to my episode today. Um, I really appreciate your time. Hope you can come back next week. Next week, I'm going to talk more about my life before the orphanage. So I hope you can tune in to listen. Thank you. And I will talk to you later. Thank you so much for joining me on the Adaptive Mom podcast. Your time is very important. Thank you for sharing some of it with me today. If you would like to know more about me, please check out my website, RitaPerryJones.com. Perry Jones is hyphenated. Follow me on Instagram at Rita Perry Jones. No hyphen or one word. Also, please join my Facebook community. And to do so, please go to Facebook.com and search for the Adaptive Mom podcast. Don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, download, and share this podcast with anyone who might need it. Thank you.